The Gospel Shaped Home podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the ends of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast. This episode is a recording of one of the breakout sessions from our 2021 Family Milestone Celebration. Our next Family Milestone Celebration is on June 5th, and you can find more information about it on our website, pray.org. I hope you'll make plans to join us. And now, enjoy this breakout session entitled, Helping Your Kids Develop Personal Spiritual Disciplines. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for coming. That's it. That's all I had. Was, um, <clears throat> that's all for my welcome. Okay. Um, we'll go ahead and get started. This I'm committed to this being 20 minutes or less. Um, so my plan is I've, I've got some thoughts here. Um, cultivating spiritual disciplines, helping your kids to do that. How do you think about that? Um, and then want to leave a couple minutes, if possible, for you guys um, to ask some questions at the end if you want. Um, and so let me pray, and then we'll jump into this. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather here and to think about these things. What a privilege it is um, to have these kids that you have given us to steward. Um, and God, I pray that you'd give us grace to do it. Help uh, us now. I pray that this time would be encouraging and helpful, and God, that you would use it. And I uh, pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so <clears throat> thinking about uh, our topic, creating personal spiritual disciplines with and for your kids. So really what we're thinking about is um, spiritual disciplines in the lives of our kids. What do they look like? How do we cultivate that um, and give instruction and encouragement in those directions? And so I want to I want you to think first about um, your kids being on a spectrum of growth in the same way that they grow up physically. They're going to grow up spiritually. In fact, Paul uses that exact analogy in Ephesians chapter four when he's talking about how the church should work. And he's talking about Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. <clears throat> and so he's, he's using this analogy of the church growing up. When it's operating the way it's supposed to, it matures into what he calls mature manhood, which he describes as the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Those are great analogies. So think about how a kid walks into the waves and a wave will knock them over. But as they get older, they're more sturdy, more stable. And they're not blown around uh, by every wind of doctrine or human cunning or craftiness or evil schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And so Paul uses this analogy that everybody in the room is really familiar with. Um, not only were the adults in the room kids at one time and you experienced growing up, but now you're watching that unfold in front of you. And Paul is pointing to that exact thing and saying, in the same way that you started small and you grew up, uh, you have to do the same thing spiritually. And so as parents, you've been in this game uh, helping your kids grow up for a while now. Um, you you have to make sure that they have what they need. They need food, they need rest, and all of those things are contributing to them growing up. Um, in the beginning, it's mostly focused on sleep and food. You know, it's kind of like all you're doing. And um, 
keeping people clean, which is all I'll say about that. But um, it, it's just sort of a, a simple routine. Everything has to come from you. They're completely dependent on you. You, you mash up their food and you give it to them, uh, feed them with a spoon. But if your kid is 18 and leaving the house and you're still smashing up the bananas for them and feeding them with a spoon, you've done something wrong. And we instinctively know that as parents, right? That as our kids grow up, we're trying to help them to develop skills and to grow in independence. And you want to think the same way about your kids when it comes to spiritual disciplines in their life um, with God is that you're at the beginning. And so the beginning point is not uh, necessarily when they're an infant, but when they're starting to develop faith and starting to learn about God, you're going to have to feed them. You're going to have to help them. They're going to be dependent upon you for teaching and help and instruction. And then as they get older, you want to be very intentional to try to begin to push them towards independence. Um, and so you want to want to think that way. I think there are uh, two main tools. They talked about it in there. Two main tools that we have is personal example and then instruction. Um, so those are the two big tools in the discipleship pathway, and they apply here as well. So thinking about first personal example, um, <clears throat> there's no better and more lasting method for teaching your kids than setting a personal example. Your kids observe everything that you do, whether you know it or not. Um, I've noticed as I've gotten older uh, that I do things around the house. Maybe you've caught yourself saying this um, but I do things that my dad did, and I don't know why he did them. I don't know why I do them other than the fact that he did it. Um, so I've caught myself the way I hang a towel over the sink, the way I do different things. It's just, oh, that's, that, I could do that a hundred different ways, but I do it this way because that's what my dad did, or that's what my mom did. And so your kids are learning by observing you all the time. And so you want to be setting an example. You want to cultivate spiritual disciplines in your own life. If you aren't there, now is the time to start. If you are there, you want to continue to grow and develop because you cannot teach what you do not know. Um, part of being a teacher is learning first. Uh, you have to learn something in order to teach it. And so if you are engaging in cultivating spiritual disciplines in your own life, you're going to experience the hardships that can come with it at times, the disappointments, the discouragements. You're going to have to wrestle through those things. You're going to learn from those things. Those will be the exact lessons that your kids are going to need in a few years as they begin to start doing that themselves. If you've been doing uh, a quiet time uh, for a long time, or you've been reading the word and praying, trying to spend time with God, then you've experienced like a, a dry season before. Uh, and if your kids start trying to practice spiritual disciplines, they're going to experience the same thing. And it's going to be really helpful if you've experienced that and you know what it's like on the other side and you can tell them, um, you know, I've experienced that myself. Here are some things that I did that, that helped. So that makes you a better teacher. Um, the last thing I'll say about this is just thinking my, my own personal experience. Um, I, when I grew up in church, the church wasn't talking as much to parents about their instruction I feel like the encouragement from the church that I grew up in was just get your kid to church. Like that was sort of the spiritual responsibility of the parents was just get your kids to the church building and then we'll take care of it. That was sort of the main idea. So my parents did that and they did it faithfully. They had us at church all the time, but we didn't have a lot of spiritual conversations at home. Uh, that was just wasn't a part of our family life. My parents didn't do that. Um, 
but they were very spiritual people. They loved God. They were very faithful to go to church. And my mom in particular, uh, I still remember um, until, in fact, to this day, I know she still does it. Every day she wakes up, she reads her Bible and she prays. Uh, and I know that not because she ever talked about it, but because I observed it. Um, she did it before any of us woke up, but there are those random times that you wake up as a kid and you walk out and you see this whole new world that you didn't know went on when you were asleep. And uh, there was my mom in the same place every time reading her Bible and praying for us. And so that has stuck with me and I learned from it, even though uh, the second part of this wasn't a part of our family life. Um, the example was there and it stuck with me. Uh, so that's an encouragement to you. <clears throat> um, so the second part is instruction. Um, to how do you do this? So I, there's uh, kids of all different ages in here, um, all different phases and stages. The first thing that I would say is that as a parent, you have to have the freedom to adjust regularly as your kids change from age and stage to the next age and stage. So I have um, not always been great at that. Sometimes I'm a little slow um, to catch on that, my, hey, my kids are in a different phase. I need to switch what I'm doing. Um, but when my kids were really small, uh, what we did was mostly at night. And it was the, you know, we read a lot of storybook Bibles. Um, as they got a little bit older, we started reading out of the Gospels. We would read stories about Jesus or we would read Psalms. Um, and I was slow to catch on that the nighttime was getting harder for us. Um, we started having a lot of practices and a lot of different schedules. My kids started going to bed at different times and nighttimes got really frustrating and I was struggling with it until, um, I just realized, Hey, we're in a totally different stage of life. I need to adjust. Um, we switched what we do to the morning. So now we do our, we have our time in the word together as a family in the morning before school. And that's for us at this stage, my kids are uh, late elementary, early middle school. That for us is the best right now because we're all on the same schedule in the morning. We wake up at the same time. They're doing the same thing. They're on the same routine and it's, it's the same every day. Uh, so that has been a game changer for us in terms of consistency. Um, that's the second thing I'll say is uh, I think consistency is the key. Um, so what you're, you know, we think about cultivating spiritual discipline, even in your own life, consistency is the key. Um, everybody knows that the hard part about doing this is doing it regularly and doing it consistently, which is what we, we need in order to grow. Um, and so you modeling that consistency is a really big deal. Um, you know, as big a deal as teaching them how to do it and the actual steps and the concepts is just teaching them that this is something that we do regularly. It's so important that we do it as regularly as we eat breakfast. We just, this is what we do. This is what we do as a family. We open the word, we pray together um, because we need it like we need food in the morning. Um, I don't mean to communicate there that you can't ever miss a day because um, that would be a disaster if you heard me say that. Um, it, there's grace. That's like a big part of this too. But anyway, but regularly, consistent. Um, Wyatt's cross-country coach, he's not there. He was there last time, um, has been, has this saying this season, and I've been thinking about it, and it's perfect for this. She's been saying to the kids on the cross-country team, don't try to be consistently great. Try to be great at consistency. Uh, and I think that is just the perfect word for this task of teaching your kids regular disciplines. Um, I would say... <laughs> 
I don't even know. I don't know how to put a percentage on it, but uh, I feel this probably isn't true, but I feel like our time in the word is a total disaster about 50% of the time. Like, I feel like we walk away from our family time in the word, like nobody learned anything. That was a total wreck. We ended up talking more about how Thatcher's cinnamon roll fell onto the ground than about anything we read in the Bible or, you know, you name it, whatever the distraction was of the day. But that's why I think it's so, it's such good encouragement. Don't try to be consistently great. Try to be great at consistency. So just keep coming back, open the word. When you fall off in consistency, just get back on again. Start again. Have grace for yourself. Do it again. Um, consistency is key. Okay, when you're, um, when you're opening your Bible together, uh, and this is an important point, so I think all of you are on a spectrum of maturity and age, right? All your kids are in different places. Um, my, um, my opinion, and that's all it is, is that I think middle school and down, for the most part, you ought to be doing this together. Um, I think there was a period, maybe a year or two ago, when Wyatt wanted to, our oldest, he's our oldest, he's middle school now, he wanted to start reading some on his own. Um, and he has done that in spurts. Um, but typically, that that always created a lot of questions and I had to be super intentional to follow up with him to make sure that I was answering those questions. And so a lot of what we do now is to, together. And I envision sometime in the near future uh, for him, especially as he's getting a little older, me giving him, maybe him giving him small things to go and do on his own. And then maybe we process it together um, and kind of something like that. But for now, most of what we do is together. So what we do is what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to pass on big ideas to them that are going to help them as they develop their own time in the word later. Um, And so big ideas like uh, how do we read this Bible? Why do we read it? What questions should we ask when we read it? So we will read a portion of scripture is what we do together in the morning, read a paragraph And then I just ask a couple of questions like, what does this teach about God? Or what do you think this is about? Um, What does this teach about God? How do we apply it to our lives? What should we do differently? Um, Those kinds of things. When it comes to prayer, uh, I ask them for prayer requests and then we pray together. I let them take turns praying sometimes. Sometimes I pray over them. But my main goal is really simple. And what I'm trying to teach them is that they need God's help every day, so they should pray. That's like my one driving thought. So that really takes a lot of the pressure off. Like we don't have to accomplish all these different things when it comes to prayer time. I'm trying to teach them one big idea, which is that they need God's help every day, so we should pray. And one of the ways that I enforce that is one of my favorite jokes, um, which is when one of them says, I don't have any prayer requests for the day, I always respond with, and they were here last time and they were able to say it, but so that means you don't need God's help today or, and then they think that's funny and we laugh, but I know, I'm hoping that they remember that joke for the rest of their lives. That dad thought we need, God, we, that dad thinks we need God's help every single day. And so we should pray. And so even that is part of, my attempt to teach them this one big idea about prayer, prayer, which is that they need God's help. Um, so teaching them that. The last thing that I will say, and then we can have a couple minutes to ask questions, I think about two minutes. Um, the, 
imagery, and I can't remember which book this is in, but Andy and I talked about it in one of those um, Gospel Shaped Home podcasts. Um, but I think, it, I think it's um, Donald Whitney that talks about kids being a long neck vessel. Um, when you think about instructing your kids in these things, um, that imagery of, of a long neck vessel, so if you try to pour too much water into a narrow necked vessel, uh, if you try to pour it in too quickly, it just splashes all out over the floor. It can't make it in as fast as you're pouring it, and so it spills over. And when you think about training your kids, that is a really helpful image to keep in mind. There's only so much they're going to allow in to their little hearts at a time. And so if you back the dump truck up and try to pour in 20 or 30 minutes of instruction every day, so much of that is spilling over the edge. right? But if you just consistently little things that you're teaching them, a few key ideas. Think short and sweet. Keep it very simple. Uh, we, you know, sometimes we read two or three verses at a time, uh, or sometimes it's a paragraph, um, but we're not like reading passages and passages and pages and pages of Scripture. We're, we're, we're trying to be consistent. We're trying to cast our minds towards God. We're trying to think about Him together, and we're trying to do it on a regular basis. So those are my thoughts. I hope that was helpful. Any questions? about practical stuff or questions that you've had, anything? Yes? Yeah. So he asked about um, how to jump back on the wagon after you've fallen off, basically, that summary. Um, okay, so my number one encouragement is, first of all, that you be in it together and that you be devoted to it together, thinking about strategizing about it together. I can't really emphasize enough how simple this seems, but how difficult it really is. Um, when, when you're trying to get everyone together to, on the same page to do something consistently, it's hard. And so when I mean strategize, I mean, Amy and I have had like long meetings where we're like, okay, this isn't working. What else could we do? Um, what's a different time of the day? Maybe it's, maybe we need it. Well, we went from the Jesus Storybook Bible to the big, whatever, God's long story short. You know, we've, we've tried everything. And uh, so one thing I'd say is do it together, be in it together. The second thing is, um, for whatever reason, I found that when I was inconsistent, it was, it was almost as if the enemy would use it against me and I would be more reluctant to try to do it because I'm like, well, I'm just going to stop doing it. And uh, I, so one of, the, one of my big encouragements whenever I talk about this is whenever you stop and you realize you've stopped, just start again. Just embrace right now that you're, you're going to fail. You're going to have a three-week season that comes up pretty soon here in the summer when everybody's out of whack when you don't do it at all. You haven't opened your Bible in weeks together and you just need to decide right now, whenever I realize that, I'm just gonna do it again because you're gonna stop again and you just have to start again. So that's, that's my main thing is do, give yourself the grace to fail and start again. And even I, I tell my kids when they were that age, hey, we haven't done this in a while. That's dad's fault. Uh, we're going to start doing it again. Here's our new plan. And, you know, I just have to endure the, maybe they roll their eyes a little bit like, oh, sure. Okay, dad, sure. Uh, we'll see how long this lasts. But we've persevered. We're at a, I will say this, that once your kids are in school, for me, it has gotten easier because my kids are on a more regimented routine. And that's really helped me to be more consistent 
kids at that age, it's really hard because they're, you know, they're doing something different every day. And so give yourself grace, keep at it, try again. Um, yes. Anything, what else? I think our time's up. Any last questions? If someone's burning with a question. Okay. I'll be, if, if you ever have a question, uh, I would love to talk to you. There's a ton of resources out there. Um, you asked about not having a degree. Um, I didn't address that part at all. Um, that's where good resources like this can be super helpful. Um, I think there's some of these out there. This is a book called um, Bible Reading with Your Kids. And it's just a simple guide for every father. Uh, I'm talking about how to read the Bible with your kids. It's got practical tips. It's got questions you can ask. It's got areas of the Bible to focus on that are a little bit easier. Uh, so that's helpful. And then um, things like a catechism, things that they've created, those are helpful too. All right, uh, that's it. Thanks for coming. See y'all. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast produced by Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.